section five of harper's young people volume one issue eleven january thirteenth eighteen eighty this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b harper's young people volume one issue eleven january thirteenth eighteen eighty a great cathedral i remember well when a child hearing the cathedral of st peter in rome spoken of as being so immense that i thought of an ideal cathedral little less than a mountain in size and the dome to be seen only as if looking at the stars when the real cathedral was seen of course that exaggerated idea had then long been tempered to something like the reality yet it was not without a certain pleasure to find that to get a good view particularly of the dome it was necessary for me to go from it several miles to the pincian hill or a terrace of the beautiful villa doria pamphili the latter view is one of the finest as nothing else of all rome is seen the cathedral stands on the site of nero's circus where many christians were martyred and where the apostle peter is said to have been buried after his crucifixion in the year ninety an oratory was built there and in three hundred six emperor constantine erected a church it was the grandest of that time and exceeded in size all existing cathedrals except two yet was only half the size of the present building this cathedral was begun in fifteen hundred six and after forty years all the foundations were not built then michelangelo though seventy-two years old was persuaded to be the architect his predecessor had wasted four years in making a model of the proposed edifice at a great cost but he with marvellous energy completed his model in a fortnight though the work went rapidly on he knew he could not live to see his cathedral finished and he patiently made a wooden model of the great dome of exact proportions from this model his idea was carried out twenty popes came and went pressing the work to completion eighteen architects planned and replanned and expended one hundred million dollars brought from the four quarters of the globe and a hundred and fifty years rolled around before st peter's was finished sixtus v employed six hundred men night and day ceaselessly at work until the dome the cathedral was consecrated on the eighteenth of november sixteen twenty six the thirteen hundredth anniversary of a similar rite in the first cathedral it covers two hundred twelve thousand three hundred twenty one square feet of ground nearly twice the area of the next largest cathedral that of milan which is a little larger than st paul's of london its length is about equal to two ordinary city blocks its width to that of a short block and its total height that of a long block or a little less than the height of the great pyramid of egypt the circumference of the base of the dome is such that two hundred ten-year-old boys and girls clasped hand to hand would just about stretch around it the dome rests upon four buttresses each seventy feet thick and above them runs a frieze carved in letters as high as a man then one above another are four galleries from the lower one of which a fine view of the inside of the church can be had the little black things seen crawling on the pavement away down below 
are grown men and women the whole inside of the dome is of mosaic work and set in this are mosaics of the evangelists colossal figures you may know as the pen which st luke holds is seven feet long the roof of the cathedral is reached by means of an easy slope up which one could ride on a donkey emerging on the roof all rome is seen the country from the mountains and the blue mediterranean sea in the distance the roof holds a number of small domes and dwellings for the workmen and custodians who live there with their families but stranger still is a fountain fed from the rain caught upon the roof there we would be as high as the top of many church steeples but away above us like a whole mountain would rise the dome with a little copper ball on the summit if our courage and knees did not fail us we would ascend to that ball by staircases between the internal and external walls of the dome and find it large enough to hold a score of persons so vast is the cathedral's interior that it has an atmosphere of its own in winter slowly losing the heat of the preceding summer and in summer slowly warming up for another winter in cold weather the poor of rome go there for comfort as a roman winter sometimes brings frosty days and ice a traveller says he once saw a great sheet of ice around the fountain before the cathedral and some little romans awkwardly sliding on it for the sake of doing what he never thought to do in rome he took a slide with them the mosaic pictures statues and monuments are almost numberless and the pavement of coloured marble stretches away from the doors like a large polished field formerly on easter and june twenty eighth the dome facade and the colonnades of the cathedral were illumined in the early evening by the light of between four and five thousand lamps it was called the silver illumination and is described as having been very grand and delicate suddenly on a given signal four hundred men stationed at their posts exchanged the lamps for lighted pitch in iron pans fastened to the ribs of the dome then the dome shone afar as a splendid flaming crown of light the lynx an ugly and savage member of the great cat family is the lynx a creature very numerous in canada and in the wild forests of our most northern states it is found all over northern europe as well and in germany and switzerland a smaller variety called the swamp lynx is also an inhabitant of persia syria and some portions of egypt the canada lynx is a beast about three feet long with a short stub tail and might easily be mistaken for a large wild cat its fur which is short and very thick and of a beautiful silver gray is much used for muffs tippets and fur trimming the lynx is a cowardly beast and seldom attacks anything larger than hares squirrels and birds it will sometimes rob a sheepfold as the gentle and pretty lambs have no means of defence against its terrible claws it is very much hunted for its valuable fur and some years thousands of these beautiful skins are sent to market the ears are very curious having a tuft of bristling hair on the very point indeed this ear ornament is a distinguishing characteristic of all the varieties of the lynx tribe the large and powerful dogs which are found in canada and the northern portions of michigan minnesota and other border states where they are used as trained dogs to drag the mail sledges over vast wastes of snow 
during the winter are natural enemies of the lynx and pursue it furiously through the snow-bound forests their loud barking often warns the hunter before he himself catches sight of the game that the desired prize is treed and awaits its fate with arched back and fur bristling after the manner of an enraged cat the canada lynx is a very stupid beast and easily trapped a method of catching it generally adopted by the hudson bay company as in this way its beautiful fur is uninjured by bullets the european lynx is a much larger stronger and more ferocious beast than its canadian brother its great hairy paws are like those of the lion and tiger which strange as it may seem are also members of the pussycat family it lives in wild siberian forests where large numbers of trappers subsist on the proceeds of its valuable fur in norway and sweden in switzerland and also in other countries where wild forests exist vast numbers roam through the steppes of asia and the uninhabited portions of the eastern world so much is this creature dreaded in switzerland for its depredations on the flocks that the shepherds whose sheep feed on the mountain pastures do all in their power to exterminate this cruel enemy of their fold and a prize is offered by the government for every one killed driven by hunger the european lynx will often attack deer and other large animals a story is told of a lynx in norway which much against its will was forced to take a furious ride on the back of a goat the winter had been very severe and failing to find food in the forests and rocky barrens a young lynx spied a flock of goats feeding among the dry stubble of a field giving a quick spring it landed on the back of a large goat with the purpose of tearing open the arteries of its neck its method of killing large animals but the goat feeling its unwelcome rider set out at a gallop for the farmyard followed by the whole herd all bleeding in concert the claws of the lynx had become so entangled in the heavy beard of its intended victim that escape was impossible and the farmer by a skilfully aimed shot put an end to its life patience is largely developed in the lynx it will lie stretched out for hours on a branch of a tree watching for its prey if anything approaches it crouches and springs should the rabbit or bird escape the lynx never pursues but slyly creeps back to its branch and resumes its patient watch when captured very young lynxes may be trained and have been known to live on friendly terms with domestic animals such as dogs and cats but they are never healthy away from their native woods and usually die in a short time even in the wild state the lynx is short-lived and is said rarely to reach the age of fifteen years in confinement the lynx never thrives specimens kept in menageries never become friendly but grow sullen and suspicious spending the day in sleep at night they walk restlessly up and down their cage giving vent to hideous howls and yells the glistening piercing eyes of the lynx were formerly the subject of strange superstitions in the days of pliny it was known to the romans by the same name it still bears specimens were first brought to rome from gaul the country now called france and so terrible was the glaring eye that it was said to be able to look through a stone wall as through glass and to penetrate the darkest mysteries hence no doubt the expression lynx-eyed 
which is so often used to indicate keen and sharp watchfulness from which nothing can escape end of section five